Hello and welcome back to the Sports Week Podcast, Colton Hall. Uh, been a couple weeks uh, getting back on the episodes. Uh, feels good to be back. Um, obviously, got Mr. Gary Gronlin joining us. Uh, how's it going, big guy? It's going great. Love being back. Yeah, it's good to have you back, big guy. Uh, also got a special guest, a former Minnesota Viking defensive end. Uh, also played a little bit back for Northern uh, Iowa, uh, Mr. Carter Schultz. Thanks for coming on, big guy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, so let's get right into the show. Um, uh, before we do, actually, we actually have to ask you guys to go ahead and make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, visit our website at www.thesportsbriefpodcast.com. Uh, then, yeah, just make sure you guys subscribe to see all the weekly sporting takes from the Sports Brief Podcast. Mr. Schultz, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think it was actually a while ago, that you announced your retirement from the NFL. Um, you know, for me as a fan, I actually really appreciated your post, you coming out and saying that you you uh, you can't control anybody else's decisions, just your own. Uh, or excuse me, uh, actions, and you know it really, it really just resonated with me because as a guy that's been a fan, of you and watched you, uh, it's just really cool to see. You know, you walked out and you're under your terms, and I just felt like it was, uh, it was still cool to see you go out the way you did, or at, at least be able to play and live the dream in a way. Uh, can you just talk about the decision to retire? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's something that I've been thinking about a long time um, because. My career didn't go exactly the way I wanted, but that's the way the life goes. And, um, I got to live the dream. I was in the NFL for three years as a kid. If you would have told me and asked me if I would want that outcome, I would have said yes a hundred times over. So I think I, I lived the dream, but you know, some in some aspects, the business of the NFL um, can be ruthless. So I agree with what you said, and I wanted to go out on my own terms. I think I could have probably kept stretching it out for a couple more years, you know, bounced around here and there. I know the CFL was an option and there was other options out there for me, but I just really didn't want to do that. Um, like you kind of said, I, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in my football career. I made it to the biggest stage. I played in, you know, uh, amazing stadiums against really, really good competition players. So, um, I just knew, you know, in my heart of hearts that I needed to move on because I wanted to move on to the next chapter of my life. And uh, I'm happy, I'm really happy now um, in retirement. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't really have uh, any regrets. I don't miss it. I like uh, I like the simple life that I live right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it was kind of funny. I think you started uh, D1 Des Moines, or at least you were, uh, you know, working on that. Uh, you're going to be a personal trainer. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been working on and off uh, for the last two or three years there. Uh, you just know in my off seasons I would train, uh, you know, anywhere from kids in elementary school to high school and even college athletes. So, mm -hmm. but now I'm there full time, and yeah, uh, personal training, uh, sports specific training, um, pretty all inclusive mm -hmm. uh, job that I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, for me, I think if I'm if I'm going, especially if I'm going to a trainer that's been in the NFL, it gives me comfort to know that I'm going to, with somebody that you know has been there, done all that, and in reality, he has uh, he's reached the pinnacle. Uh, I've seen some of your highlight videos. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that was in shape? I mean, uh, it, that's got to be really uh, something big that you can market and plus be able just to really use to your advantage because uh, I mean that's just got to be really good for your clientele. Yeah, absolutely, and you know that's something when I was. You know, going through high school and stuff, I didn't have access to someone like me. And, you know, what's really nice is in, in Iowa, Des Moines, um, you know, there's not a ton of guys like me here, you know, um, as if, like, maybe I was in somewhere in Florida or Texas and my business probably wouldn't be as, um, the ceiling probably wouldn't be as high because there's more, you know, there's more professional athletes here and there and there. But in Des Moines, there's not many, and especially where I come from, in a, from a really small school in town in Northeast Iowa, that's, that's not really an option at all. So um, I just want to be a, a, an asset and a resource to kids and youth that have the same dream and passion that I had and just help them uh, reach their goals and dreams. And so I thought that was the best way to do it was through uh, training. And so, you know, that's what I do now is I hope to help as many kids as I can uh, reach their goals and their dreams. 
Absolutely. Uh, that sounds awesome. And, you know, I you know my last question really is, you know, as you kind of move forward here, um, I think it's important to be able to have a little bit of self-reflection, look back uh, and just maybe um, look back at something, be able to take the best lesson away from it. You know what? Maybe do you have something you know, in your time in the NFL that you won't never forget or maybe just it was is it the people, you know, the, the way of life? You know, what about the NFL won't you soon forget? Mr. Gronlin, do you have any questions for Carter before we head out? Uh, just really quickly, one question that I always like uh, to talk about with athletes in general. But uh, what was? Do you have like a favorite moment or story from your career in the NFL that uh, you'd like to share with us? that really that helped you out or left a giant impression on you?
you know, he obviously got let go and he's with the Redskins now, but he's a, he was a great guy, great coach. I really, really liked him. Um, our defensive coordinator there, Eric Washington, was really great. Um, he's really great to me, you know, and even in Minnesota, especially the defensive line coach, uh, Andre Patterson, you know, he's really well respected around the league. And the biggest thing I can say about all those coaches is they just treated me like I was, you know, part of the, I was, I was, uh, not like, unlike anyone else, you know, like Daniel Hunter or those big stars, I was treated the exact same way as they were treated. So it was nice, you know, they didn't, uh, basically take and let I didn't take more time with them than me you know everyone gave me a fair shot and so that's uh, and they taught me a lot obviously about football and technique and so I'd say those guys shaped and helped me the most in my NFL time yeah of course man uh, you know like I said uh, <laughs> it was really definitely fun watching you because I mean I I think I was watching oh man I think they were playing the Bills or somebody and uh I think I, I watched you uh, get a sack on a guy because, like, literally, it was basic. Your read, basic read play. A tackle goes down. You, you're skating at the hip. You're waiting for you know to read the play because I think it was a read option. And then I saw you make the tackle on the quarterback, and he was. I think it was. Oh shoot! I think it was like Paxton Lynch or somebody. I can't remember. Somebody really athletic, and I saw you know this defensive end make a tackle on a quarterback that was athletic. I was like, wow, that usually doesn't happen. Usually, you know, a quarterback's able to do a little bit of shimmy or a shake, but you got him down. And I was like, who is that? So then, ever since then, I was. You know, I, I made sure I, uh, you know, followed your career and everything. But, um, but yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming on because I know uh, I think it was important that you got your chance to kind of, you know, say what was on your mind and be able to come out uh, and just talk about retirement. I mean, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I agree. Uh, it's something I don't always talk about, uh, and it's nice to talk about it. I could probably talk about it for hours. So <laughs> thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you take it easy, and, uh, and we'll catch you later. Thank you. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's awesome. You don't get to see that every day. No, he's a really good dude. You know, like I said, I, I followed his career a lot, uh, and it wasn't even just after that play. I followed him in the CFL a little bit, so to really kind of see how he was, and um, really just to get to know him. He's been on the podcast before. I, I wrote a story about him on the Unfiltered Sports Network. I mean, just a good guy. Like, obviously, he was a small town kid, and just seeing him. Uh, come up through the NFL and being able to uh, hide a little puppy there. That's cute. Yeah, dude, he's, he must be on the action, too. He wonders who I'm talking to. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. Um, but, no, I think that uh, kind of uh, – is that, is that a lab? Uh, golden Retriever. Golden Retriever. Okay. Those are yeah. – okay. So we'll, we'll get into the cutest puppies later. I think we, yeah. we have that discussion now that I saw that Golden Retriever we have to bring up. But, no, yeah. uh, as far as Carter – uh, no, great dude, guy that I really, uh, I really admired. Not just because he was also from a small town, but because you know he beat the odds, made it in the NFL, and uh, just a really cool story to follow. Great. Uh, it's, it's always cool to do those. It's always cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like when he was talking about like going on Soldier Field, you know, I, I've only been at like maybe like one or two Vikings games, and so, but they being like being on the field, that probably had to be. Like, I mean, I probably would have fainted. They would have had to have medical staff there like as soon as possible because I wouldn't have been able to like get my breath. Um, but yeah, um, let's get into the second segment here. You know, this is kind of something that's coming up. I think the NFL is trying to put a couple more games on and include another team in the NFL. Personally, I think that, uh, just looking at this, the, the NFL has evolved all throughout the years. Like that's just pretty easy to see. I, I believe at one time there was 12 games and then there was 14 games and now there's 16 games and now there's talk of 18 games. Personally, I think it's a little much. And if they do do the whole, if they do add two more games, I think it's something that they should look into at least uh, making sure that they at least maybe add a couple more players because if nothing, they need to be sure that everybody's fresh because as it is, 53-man roster, uh, a lot of guys are sore, a lot of guys are beaten up because it's a long NFL season. Coming out there, I think they have to add, uh, I don't know how many more roster spots, but I would say anywhere from the 7 to 10 to 15 range because of the fact that of how strenuous and how uh, how hard it is uh, to be able to make that happen. Uh, what was your take on an 18-game season, yay or nay? Um. Only if they only if they take away like two of the preseason preseason games. I've said it, you know, the whole time. I don't like the four preseason games. I'm always nervous that there's going to be like a huge injury on the team that I like. There's going to be an unnecessary injury that happens. Mm -hmm. So if they like took away like two of the preseason games and add those onto the regular season games, I would I would be I would be all I would be for it. More football, more actual football that counts is always better. Yeah. And 
here's the thing. I don't know if I support the whole one more team in the playoff race. Now, unless you're like the 2000, like what? 2007, 2011 Giants, where you literally were the wild card team and went on to win the Super Bowl, beat the Patriots twice, which I think everybody likes to see. I, I mean, personally, when I was looking at that, I was just kind of enamored. Like, to add another team like that, I don't know if that would necessarily uh, be the greatest idea. I think that when the NFL comes and they have, you know, six teams from each, uh, from the AFC and the NFC, I think they've got a really good idea um, of who really is going to come in and be a threat in the in the playoffs because – you know, I think there's a couple of teams in there that sometimes, you know, the team hits a, a spark. A team gets hot during the right time of the year. But more often than not, those NFL teams that are in the wild card or, you know, that are uh, that maybe in the, in the division run usually get beat out. They usually come back the next year and do whatever they do. But uh, I do think that adding an extra team, I don't think it'll do anything. Like, I think it'll honestly just uh, – it'll add a couple games, maybe get a little bit more money for the players, uh, which I'm always all for. Uh, because I think the owners could, uh, they do a good job of sharing the money, but they could always be better. We could all always be better. But I think at the end of the day, this sh- uh, adding two two more games, I don't think it'll, uh, I don't think it'll be worth it in the end. It'll be interesting to see how uh, some of these other players, uh, you know, how they vote and everything, and the player committee and everything. Up uh, two more. Uh, what about uh, another playoff team? What do you think about that? Um, I kind of like the six six teams each side. You know, it gives you a reason to fight for the uh, the two, two buy spots. And then it's like you said, I mean, if you go and look at the NFC and you go and look at the AFC and you see the very next team that, like, was the very next echelon of would have been that next team. And that you're like, this team isn't going to win at all. Like, they're not. It just they, I mean, you, you could even look at both sides and we would say, like, yeah, realistically, it's probably, like, one of these three teams or it's one of these three teams. So even though we have six teams on each side in the playoffs right now, usually you look at it and say, yeah, there's probably about five or six here that have, you know, a legitimate chance at winning the Super Bowl. You know, there is always that fluke, you know, out of nowhere season where a, a five or six wildcard team. But that team's usually incredibly hot going into the playoffs, too. It's not like, you know, they battled to get to that wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So I, li- I like the playoff setup the way it is uh, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question here, and... I, I listen to ESPN a lot. I have a lot of free time before I go to work. Uh, now the new job in Rapid City is awesome. I'm loving it here. Um, working with TV cameras behind prompters. Uh, I actually do have to kind of pause here for a second to apologize to the you know, listeners. We've been kind of busy. Um, had an episode with Tanner Fritz, uh, but some of my Wi-Fi was kind of going a little bit bad. So we're I'm actually doing this podcast in uh, the basement of my sister. Big shout out to Katie. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm kind of mooching off Wi-Fi here, but I guess that's how it goes in this life. But um, no, I... Um, I just want to say, you know, we're glad to be back. Um, but now that, you know, I'm in Rapid City, I kind of look at some things and I listen to, I have a lot more free time, listen to more ESPN. Um, and one thing, one question that I've noticed is everybody is saying that Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think that's rightfully so. I mean, first year as a starter, you go all the way to the AFC Championship game and lose by a pre-snap penalty. And then the next year you come back and win it. Uh as only a, what, a, a third-year player, a uh, second-year starter. And I know people, oh, he didn't throw as many touchdowns. Well, he missed two and a half games. And also it was the fact that, well, he won a Super Bowl. You can't argue with the rings at the end of the day. Just ask Tom Brady. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, he he probably is the best quarterback in the league right now. Uh, but the question that I had today is, if we're starting, if we're an NFL uh, voice crack, embarrassing. If we were an NFL GM or a head, you know, who would we want to start our, our franchise with? Would we want to tag a franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes or would we want to go the other route and get Bill Belichick? Now, I have to start by saying Bill Belichick is, uh, I don't care what anybody says, he's the GOAT over Tom Brady. He has, uh, I think, obviously Tom Brady is a good quarterback. You have to be a good quarterback to win, what, six Super Bowl rings? But uh, I do think that it's, it's one of those things where you can't have one and not the other. Like, uh, Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches in terms of finding talent and getting them um, to where they're supposed to be and just, just finding talent out of, like, nowhere. Like, that's uh, – he's probably one of the best in the business. So well, my question to you is, would you rather start a franchise with Patrick Mahomes or Bill Belichick? Uh, Bill Belichick uh, all the way. I mean, you look at, you know, what he's done. Uh, he doesn't go in there because usually coaches will go into the NFL with this philosophy of I'm going to do things – my way and it has to be this way and all this and bill belichick goes into it going hey can you do this job your job is to be able to run a five yard out and a 10 yard slant effectively that's your job if you do it we're gonna have good things happen and 
like you said, he's done that consistently throughout his whole time with the Patriots from start to finish with guys that nobody really knows of, and they turn into, you know, stars. Um, obviously, you know, he's had Tom Brady. But at the same time, if you look at the Super Bowl uh, two years ago when they played the Rams, what was it? Like a 10-7, extremely low-scoring game, you know. So that just shows, you know, that, you know, he's able to also bring in all of these uh, defensive guys as well. And, well, if you have Bill Belichick, maybe you don't get a Patrick Mahomes, but I feel like Bill Belichick would be good enough to bring in uh, one of, a top-tier quarterback like a Russell Wilson, a Drew Brees, you know, uh, a, a Tom Brady. You know, he'd be able to bring in one of those other types of quarterbacks into your system and then also build around that quarterback and be successful. And it's like I said, his, what, 20 AFC East titles or whatever it is and how many they had in a row, um, all the AFC uh, Conference Championships games he's gone into, the playoff wins, the, the Super Bowl victories. And I think that he just has a, a just a way better resume uh, than Patrick Mahomes does in his two years. But, yeah, like Patrick Mahomes is, is an incredible quarterback. Um, still going to take Lamar Jackson over him in fantasy football. But, <laughs> I think yeah, you, you have know. to. Yeah, you have to. I, I drafted him first overall last year. And some people were, like, hacking on me in the, in the chat or whatever. They're like, this guy's a clown. He's taking Patrick Mahomes. But for, like, the first three weeks – the dude was, like, tearing it up. I don't think he – I think he threw, like, what, 10, 11, 1,200 touchdowns, no picks, like 300, 400 yards a game. Like, the only reason I was winning fantasy football at all was because of him. And literally, I think, you know, moving forward, I think he's obviously going to be – he's going to either be top 10 pick, uh, if not a top five or top three, because, I mean, he's, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's the reason why I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes here. Now, I realize that an uh, NFL head coach – good ones are hard to find – but at the same time, if you have a franchise quarterback, let's go back to the ones, the 2011-2012, the Packers. Like, the Packers had uh, Mike McCarthy, who I, I personally think is a Hall of Fame coach. Um, he, led, he led them to a lot, of good, a lot of good finishes, a lot of good years, and even including a Super Bowl victory. And Aaron Rodgers. But I know some Packers fans and Viking fans might not, uh, might not agree with me with, when I, with me when I say that I think he's a Hall of Fame coach because he only has one Super Bowl, and he did it on the back of Aaron Rodgers, who threw, like, 40 touchdowns that year, and they just got hot at the right time, and they were able to take you know take home the, the Lombardi Trophy that year. I have to go with Patrick Mahomes here because if not for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid would not have his first Super Bowl right now. And don't get me wrong, Andy Reid is probably one of the best offensive minds to ever be in this conversation, uh, let alone the NFL uh, in NFL history, really. Andy Reid wouldn't have his Super Bowl if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes, like, the first time he stepped on the field was dominating the NFL. I saw something uh, from Patrick Mahomes today that basically he didn't start playing the quarterback position until he was a junior in high school. So for this guy to come in and, and then also later on in the quote used to say that in his first year in the NFL, he didn't even know how to read an NFL defense. He was just hucking the ball. If you're going to huck the football and throw 50 touchdowns in a year only against uh, minimal interceptions – you are the big. You are the big reason as to why your team is in the NFL is is as good as it is. Now, I'm not saying. Uh, look at how good. Look at how many years they had Alex Smith. Look at how many years you know they struggled to really get over that hump. And now Alex Smith, I hope he comes back and makes a, a you know has a really good career for the rest of his career. But they had Alex Smith for a long time, and they weren't able to do anything with him. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a heartbeat. I would take Patrick Mahomes. Um, not to say Bill Belichick. You know, uh, I wouldn't want him, but I, I would pick Patrick Mahomes because I've seen great quarterbacks be able to guide these some of these coaches um, who might not be uh, in the upper tier of head coaches or uh, according to some or whoever it is. I would take Patrick Mahomes in a heartbeat because of the fact that this guy is doing. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say. Yeah, well, he has a lot of talent. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, blah, 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 Damian Williams. Listen. You can't doubt the, the skills and the talent of Patrick Mahomes. Like, you can't sit here and watch him and not think, okay, this guy is going to be the next, the greatest thing. Um, he's the better, ver he's the smarter version of Brett Favre. Like, he's a gunslinger. He takes good care of the football, doesn't make mistakes. And at the end of the day, he's just a Super Bowl champion. So we can't take that away from him either. I would just go, I, I would always go with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and uh, I believe you're a Raiders fan, aren't you? Big time. Big time Raiders fan. Is it going to suck having to go against him? Uh, oh, it does. It does suck. It's going to suck for the next 12 years. It's going to – it's not fun. It's <laughs> not fun. 
Like, do you think, uh, like, but I mean, let's talk about the Raiders a little bit. I mean, kind of, you know, the Raiders moving forward have probably, they have a couple of draft needs, but they made a big jump from last year. Added a couple of three first round draft picks. Cleveland Farrell played, uh, Cleveland Farrell, excuse me, played very well. Josh Jacobs uh, played well. Um, and uh, I'm kind of blanking on your guys' last first round draft pick. Maybe he didn't play much. Oh, um, Jonathan Abrams? Uh, Jonathan Abrams, yeah. Did he have a good season? Uh, he was the guy that broke his, like, shoulder collarbone in that first game against the Broncos. Okay. He was the Salmon Salmon guy. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, th- I mean, you guys made a quick turnaround, and you had probably – and he was a corner or safety, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's a, yeah, he's that safety spot. Safety. Matt, uh, Max Crosby, our third-round pick out of Eastern Michigan, was a huge uh, – He had, like, 10 yeah, he uh he uh yeah Nick Nick Bosa because he was on the 49ers one mm-hmm. defensive player of the year and Ky- Kyler Murray stole offensive rookie of the year from Josh Jacobs. It is what it is. I like Kyler Murray, OU boy, but Josh Jacobs deserved that. Yeah, Josh Jacobs uh played absolutely great this year. Um, you know, I was kind of I I had I screwed up my running backs in fantasy football. Like it it really made me mad because I got Patrick Mahomes right away. That was a no-brainer. I was going to pick Patrick Mahomes. But after that, my running backs were like Dalvin Cook, who was, even despite his uh, dominance, was injury prone. And then it was also, uh, I, I hate to say this, uh, I had Latavius Murray for most of the year. And behind uh, and behind Elvin Kamara didn't do anything because, I mean, the man just didn't get the ball a lot. I mean, he just, that's how it goes. I thought it was funny how Latavius Murray went to the uh, Saints and then lost to the uh, the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs. Like, I was I was a little happy about that. Like, I knew the Vikings were going to lose to the 49ers because the 49ers were running over everybody, but I, I was a little happy about that. Um, well, everybody was. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that even. Yeah. I don't like – I'm not a Saints person, so I love yeah, it. Not a Saints fan, but that's okay. So what about the Raiders here? Uh, the biggest needs going for the draft for the Raiders, what are they? Uh, they need a linebacker in that with their two first round picks. It's mandatory that they go and get a linebacker such as that Isaiah Simmons from Clemson or Kenneth Murdy out of Oklahoma. And then it's also important that they get a receiver like C.D. Lamb, Jerry, uh, uh, Jerry Judy, whatever you say his name from Alabama. There's, this is such a stacked receiving core class. It the is. fact that they need to they need to get. I mean, personally, because I'm an Oklahoma fan, I really hope they get C.D. Lamb. Um, I love Kenneth Murray, but Isaiah Simmons can literally do it all. I don't think they'll get both Isaiah Simmons and C.D. Lamb, so I hope they get at least you know one of those two and then fill that other need as well. Those are the two important right there. They have three uh, picks in the third round. They don't have a second round pick. That pick is with the Bears, uh, but they have their third round pick. I believe they have the Jets' third round pick and they have the Bears' third round pick. And with those picks, I'm really hoping that they go for uh, uh, defense. Defensive backs is their real real big uh, issue. And then uh, outside of the draft, uh, the Raiders have, I believe, $51 million in cap space, which is they're just outside the uh, top 10. I think they're in the 11, 12 spot for most cap space going into free agency. Mm-hmm. So it also depends on, like, what they're going to do in free agency with some of that money, um, which I'll talk about quarterback situations when you would talk about what, what uh, you don't want to see your team do. Uh, in a little bit, but yeah, right away, it's. I think it's a, the most important is getting like CD Lamb and like Isaiah Simmons. Like I said, I don't think Isaiah Simmons is gonna be on the board for that long. Um, I know that there are some teams though who are planning on trading back, and I was thinking to myself, I really hope the Raiders make that push to go from that you know that 11 spot to that six, seven spot and you know, yeah. give away maybe a fifth, sixth round pick as well, just so you can get because Isaiah Simmons is gonna be a Hall of Fame player. And then, I mean, this is me being my OU bias, but C.D. Lamb is going to be the best receiver in this draft. His route running, his uh, ability to see the field after he makes a catch, his speed, he just, he's perfect, and I want him as an Oakland Raider. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Um, I feel like the, the Raiders, they kind of got burned with the whole Antonio Brown situation. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of look at I feel bad for the Raiders because, like, they gave up so much in free agency. Or, excuse me. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't even that much that they gave up that much. Like, they gave up a couple of later-round picks or whatever, but they were ready to pay him handsomely uh, to be yeah. yeah, to be Derek Carr's number one wide receiver. And life just didn't pan out like that. And I'm thinking, here, I just felt bad for Raiders fans because I know what it's like uh, to be upset like that, like just to have not necessarily the same situation with Antonio Brown, but 
Uh, I know what it's like to be able to kind of be hurt by your team. Trust me, I'm a Vikings fan. We know what it's like. Um, do you get into this quarterback situation? Would you want Tom Brady to be in uh, in Oakland or or, or or excuse me, uh, with the Raiders, not Oakland? So, so the situation about this is that right now the Raiders are paying Derek Carr a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the only way that I am somewhat okay with the Raiders getting Tom Brady would be if we would have to trade Derek Carr. And, um, I mean, personally, I think Derek Carr is a great human being. I don't mm-hmm. dislike Derek Carr. I think he's a, a, a great guy. Um, and it honestly, whatever happens, happens. I don't get to control it. I would be happy with Derek Carr as my quarterback. I'd be happy with Tom Brady as my quarterback. It's just that I want the Raiders organization to do it right so we're not wasting all this money on Tom Brady. And then we still got Derek Carr over here. Um, I don't want us to draft a quarterback in the first round and waste one of those two picks that we really need to use on linebackers and a wide receiver on one of those quarterbacks because everybody's going to talk about Gruden can pull the trigger on any time at using a first-round pick on a quarterback, and I'm just – that's just something that he, they can't do. So that's that's kind of the Tom Brady, Derek Carr situation for me. Is if we get Tom Brady, we Derek Carr has got to go somewhere. If we don't get Tom Brady, then we don't draft a quarterback unless we use like I'd be okay with maybe with like a third or fifth round pick just in case Gruden wants to experiment. I really don't have a problem with that as long as it's not wasting a first round pick on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the biggest disaster that could happen for the Raiders is they go after Jameis Winston. And I would absolutely lose my mind if the Raiders went after Jameis Winston. I would be so uh, incredibly upset with the Raiders if they went after Jameis Winston. That is worst-case scenario right now for Raiders fans is us yeah. going for Jameis Winston. Okay, well, he did get LASIK, uh, like LASIK. So, I mean, hopefully, like, that helps a little bit. Like, maybe he'll be able to see his receivers a little better. I don't know. Um, and I know we're, we're going to talk about Jameis Winston kind of coming up, though. Um, but, I mean, let's look at it this way. Derek Carr brought you guys, uh, I would actually say, better success than most NFL quarterbacks. Uh, now, I believe he was a second-round draft pick, wasn't he? He was the first pick in the second round. First pick in the second round. For the value that you've gotten out of Derek Carr, and they're paying him a lot of money. I, you know, I, When you pay a quarterback a lot of money, you're kind of sometimes you're guessing. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to get an absurd amount of money. That guy won't ever, that guy won't ever have to worry about money for the rest of his life. Um you know, just looking at this, I do honestly believe that Derek Carr is worth the money. But let's look at who was worth he was working with last year. He got had a guy by the name of Darren Walter, who, by the way, uh, can haul like the dude can run straight up run. And I don't think uh, that it's time to panic yet because I mean, you guys are going to get a receiver. You're going to get some guys in there. I mean, he had Amari Cooper before, and Amari Cooper, like I don't know, just was afraid of the football or something, or just he's a drop king. He's the yeah. drop king. Yeah. But I mean, he kind of seemed to resurge his career a little bit with the Cowboys, which is good to see. Um, but I do think that if you get him a receiver, I think Derek Carr will be able to do a lot of good and different things uh, just because, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, Tyra Williams had a good year too, what, five, six touchdowns, but he's really not a number one. Uh, he's he was probably- he was injured for like half the year. That was his biggest his biggest blow to us. Do you think, I mean, I mean, they do have what, five, six touchdowns in half the year? I mean, when he came from the Chargers, that was one pick that I, I said that, uh, you know, that a lot of people listened to me, but I thought that was going to be a great pickup because – um, he seemed to be a, a go-to for um, Philip Rivers at the time, and then Derek Carr gets him. And I, I just felt like he was going to be a good pick, uh, a guy that can run a little bit, can catch and make some big plays. Um, get a full year healthy out of him, get a wide receiver in the first round. Um, your offensive line, isn't like one of the best in the NFL? It is. It is like the best in the NFL. Yeah, with like uh, Trent Brown, we just got him from the Patriots the previous year. We've got Gabe Jackson, who's going to come back from an injury. So he's like had a whole year to re- recover. We have like one of the best centers in Rodney Hudson, and then we have uh, Richie Incognito, who, who you know came back and he had a he had a great first year at the Raiders. And then uh, that other that other uh, right tackle spot, you know, they uh, that uh, Colton Miller that we got, he he's yeah. he's starting to look like an actual <laughs> offensive lineman. So yeah, I mean that's that you know they're part of the reason why Josh Jacobs had you know the success that he did, but. Trent Brown in, had some injury problems. Uh, Richie Incognito missed the first few games with that suspension he had to do. Uh, we didn't have, like, Gabe Jackson throughout the whole year. Uh, we missed, I think, Rodney Hudson was injured for, like, eight games, too. Like, we had a really beaten-up offensive line, so hopefully they'll be he- healthy. And uh, same thing with uh, our, our running back, too, and getting uh, uh, Josh Jacobs and getting him healthy, you know, because – 
he got injured and really bummed up and had a shoulder injury, but he was, you know, still like being like, I got to play. I got to, and he was a man out there. And I, I like, I love watching Josh Jacobs. Like I ordered a Josh Jacobs Jersey, like, go. like that. I had to, I was like, this guy is going to be the real deal. Uh, he's so fun to watch. So I, I, I just wish nothing. And then he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder from, uh, Oh, yeah. You know, getting snubbed the rookie of the year. And honestly, like I was looking at it, he was having some of the highest grades uh, for running backs in the NFL up there with like Christian McCaffrey and all those other guys. So I'm really excited to see what he'll do in year, uh, year number two. Yeah, me too. I think he's really going to be good. I actually might want to pick him up on fantasy. I, I struggled. I, I hesitated, and that was what the problem is. I thought he would be there later in the second round, but he was gone by then. I just I thought maybe since he was a rookie, maybe he'd go a little later. But no, I made a mistake. Uh, I'll have to pick up my running backs better this year. What is one mistake, The possibly the biggest mistake, the Raiders can't make this year uh, in the draft free agency or whatever, whatever it is? What is the biggest mistake they cannot make? Getting Jameis Winston. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude they, they can't screw up this quarterback situation. So mm -hmm. they – they just can't screw it up money-wise. They can't screw it up with who they get-wise. Um, it's just the quarterback situation in general, like not wasting a first-round pick on a quarterback, not getting, getting Jameis Winston. If you do get Tom Brady, you're going to have to do something with Derek Carr. If you keep Derek Carr, perfectly okay. But you, they they just can't screw up this quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, kind of – quarterback is like the most important position in the NFL. Like, if you don't get that right, not a lot right is going to go else for you. Like, nothing else right, I don't know how you want to phrase that, is going to go right for your team. If you don't have a good quarterback or at least one that can at least hold it down for a couple years while maybe you teach a guy under him, not a lot is going to go well. Uh, I think that kind of looking at this uh, perfect example, that Christian Ponder back for the Vikings a couple years ago. Um, he was a guy, I, I don't think he had a lot of help anyways. Like, he had Greg Jennings. He had some okay wide receivers. But, I mean, it was AP's show. Like, you were going to get the football to AP probably nine times out of ten, and that's what made the Vikings offense so predictable, despite the fact that they did go to the playoffs uh, when he, after he tore his ACL, which was incredible. I'll never forget that year. Um, but I think that if you don't get this, you're right. You can't screw up this quarterback situation. That kind of goes into the Vikings a little bit, who I'll get to, into in a second. But, yeah, I mean, quarterback situation for the Raiders, uh, that's a tough choice, though. Do you want to bring in a guy that – uh, didn't have a ton of weapons in New England. Uh, bring him to Oakland, who, again, you don't have a ton of weapons, and you got a good running back. Uh, your defense is a little suspect, um, even though at times it does it did step up. But uh, overall, it's kind of one of a defense you're kind of like you don't know. Um, I think that you, in order for Tom Brady to succeed, to succeed there, you need to bring in quite a bit to make that happen. Um, so yeah, they can't screw it up. I think for the most bang for their buck, they got to stick with. I think they got to stick with Derek Carr. Um, just in order to um, just get him some weapons. Now, if you if Derek Carr had the weapons that Kirk Cousins had, if he had uh, Stefan Diggs, if he had Adam Thielen, if he had Kyle Rudolph uh, and Josh Jacobs as well, I mean, he has Josh Jacobs. If he had wide receivers and he had a defense, I think that Derek Carr could be a very good quarterback in the NFL. Um, I just don't know if that is carrying a team right now. I just don't know that is. That's a good question that we'll have to answer later on. Um, let's kind of get into the Vikings now. The biggest thing that the Vikings cannot do, uh, or the biggest mistake they can do, and if it's me, uh, it's a quarterback situation again. Now, now I know this Kirk Cousins thing, uh, his contract is kind of it hurts us. I think we only have one million dollars in cap space. Like I, we might be over. I'm not sure. But looking at this, the, the Vikings don't have a lot of room to be able to resign anybody. They got to do a lot of different things. They got to bring back Anthony Harris. Uh, see maybe see if they can restructure some other guys or something. I don't know. Uh, Riley Reef is a guy that you think about too. They got to replace a left guard, but it all starts with the quarterbacks. And Kirk Cousins, uh, it's not that he didn't under or uh, that he didn't underperform necessarily. If you're asking me, I think it's the fact that he didn't produce in the big moments, uh, and it was because of the offensive line. But we're talking about the future here. The Vikings gave uh, three years. Uh, they have to draft a quarterback. I don't care if it's the first or three, one through three rounds. Somewhere, I think they have to draft a quarterback. I don't care. Um, but it, it can't be a lower guy that you want to develop. You know, you have to draft a franchise quarterback, uh, but you need to address some other stuff first. So that uh, I think you need to address the offensive line and uh, corners. And then I think the Vikings are going to be a tough team. So I think that it, it all starts because, okay, if the Vikings don't make the playoffs this year, I will live. I will, I will be, I'll be upset as I normally am, as most, most Vikings fans are. That's just how this business goes. But if they pigeonhole themselves with Kirk Cousins, stuff is not going to go right. I guarantee you that. If they do not 
at least try to make a pick. Maybe it, and maybe if they do have to draft a guy in the later rounds, at least develop the guy. Uh, because I, I, as a Vikings fan, I'm so sick and tired of not truly having a, a franchise quarterback like like Aaron Rodgers. Like I know they come around once in a great while, but I mean to have to pay a guy what 27, 20, 26 million, whatever it is, to come in and have to you know underachieve, if you ask me, I think it's rough. Um, and I, I again, I don't think it's all in him. I think uh, I think a little bit of it is on the offensive line. Uh, a lot of the different things that goes wrong there. I mean, the left guard again wasn't great. Uh, the left side of the line, in my opinion, and also, I mean, Garrett Bradbury had a tough uh, rookie season in a whole, even though he did uh, he did show some uh, good signs. You know, and, and Vikings were able to run the football pretty effectively. But if you want Kirk Cousins to be able to have to open it up, I mean, you got to give him an offensive line. I think that's just the number one thing. Um, but yeah, it's you got to start with the corners, and then I think, or excuse me, the quarterback situation, and then you work into corners and offensive linemen to be able to fix that. And they might have Drew Samia, who was, a, I believe he was a third, he was a fourth round draft pick out of Oklahoma last year. And that guy's mean. Like, you know Oklahoma. You're, you're an yeah, Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. You love Oklahoma. That guy is mean. Like, I think he's even gotten a couple of uh, situations where he's got penalties because he's too mean. Like, that's the kind of offensive lineman we need. Like, guys that will, like, take you and drive you out of the stadium until the next play and do it, come back and do it again. Like, that's the kind of offensive lineman that the Vikings need. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I essentially had a redshirt season uh, so he can kind of put on some weight, even though he was pretty heavy. He was around 306. He was a pretty heavy dude coming in. He's a big in. boy. He's a big boy, and he's mean. So I think kind of with this next year, they're going to kind of see what they can do with him. Uh, and they had a couple of other guys that Oli Uda, also a big guy, uh, a right tackle. He'll actually give him some depth too. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the Vikings. But do please, God, don't screw up this quarterback situation here either. Let me ask um, you. Let me ask you a quick question on this. Go right ahead. So I've been, I've been, you know, listening to a lot of different football talks. I've been listening to. I look, I look at constant mock drafts all the time. Um, some of the, the, the two things that I've seen a lot with the Vikings and their quarterback situations is. I've seen them trying to trade up with their 21st round pick and, you know, go for a guy like Jordan Love out of uh, Utah State um, or, you know, one of those like, you know, big name quarterbacks that's kind of talked about in that, you know, top top eight area getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I've seen. I've seen them go. I've seen a lot of them say that the Vikings you know, are going to take a guy like uh, 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 Cam Hayward, a defensive back out of Florida with that first round pick. And then, like, in the third-round pick, they would draft somebody like Jalen Hurts and try to see what they could do with Jalen Hurts. And so that's just something that I've kind of seen as, like, a like a more majority-type thing right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you've heard of that or how much you look at that, but, like, what are your thoughts when you, you think about, like, doing the whole Kansas City Chiefs route and trying to trade up and get a quarterback like they did with Patrick Mahomes? Or, like, do you take, like, a defensive back right there in the first round and then, like, go for a third round pick of a guy like Jalen Hurts. Like what as like a as a fan of the Vikings, what would you rather see them do? As a fan of the Vikings, um, this offensive line issue has been something that's been lingering uh for a while now. Like I know that they had uh when Case Keenum was there, he basically like bailed them out on a lot of stuff. Like it wasn't like the Vikings offensive line improved majorly. It was the fact that well he actually just had a heck of a year and made him look good. So if they're not gonna fix the offensive line uh, like literally, like Case Keenum made him look good. It was crazy the entire year. Um, and I think um, kind of moving forward, you have to decide if you got a guy now. If you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you are absolutely 100% sold on. If you want to bet the farm on, trade up. Like uh, if you got a guy that for the next 10, 15 years can make you legitimate <coughs> Super Bowl contenders, uh, I think it's a, it's something you have to take a shot on. Like that's something that makes or breaks a franchise in a franchise quarterback. So if you are 100% sold on the guy, you just love him uh, for character, you love his arm, you love how he, how he conducts himself, I say you pull the trigger. But as a fan, I say that you have to, uh, if you're not going to fix the offensive line, get an athletic quarterback. Bring in, uh, I think I would be for the Jalen Hurts, but they have to get him in the right round. You have to uh, at least shore up your defense a little bit here because they've got, they've got some holes in the secondary, even though they've got two of the better safeties in the NFL and Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Uh, Xavier Rhodes should be gone. I want his. I want the rest of his salary gap so we can design somebody else. Um, Trey Waynes, in my opinion, should be gone, even though he was uh, the most reliable Vikings corner last year. Um, and I, Mackenzie Alexander deserves to at least stick around for one more year because I know it wasn't that long ago he was one of the better uh, slot corners in the entire NFL. So I think uh, if the Vikings do draft a quarterback, 
it will have to be uh, – I, I think they're probably going to do it in a later round unless they're 100% sold on a guy because I don't think they're going to want to take a shot on somebody that's, uh, you know, really not uh, – they're, if they're not sure, they're kind of like – the whole Christian Ponder thing was a reach a couple years ago. I, I'm a little, like, nervous to pull the trigger on that. They have to be 100% sure if they're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on the quarterback because of how many times they've been burned. Uh, Mike Zimmer – uh, even though he, he probably saved his job last year with uh, winning a playoff game. I don't expect him to go anywhere. I think it would be Rick Spielman who, uh, I don't know, it's it's rough, it's, it's rough trying to pick a quarterback because like, it's just there's so many uh, d- d- different factors that go into it. But I think if you do take a shot on a guy like Jalen Hurts, has to be that third or, you know, all the way maybe down to a fifth or sixth round, even though I don't think he'll, he'll – he won't drop that far. But I think if you do – if you don't fix the – so to answer your question, if, you, if the Vikings don't fix the offensive line – I think if, if they're going to draft a quarterback, it's probably going to be a guy like Jalen Hurts. So um, I think at some point they got to see, you know, what they want to do. And if they do actually see him as the future, um, maybe just uh, show off the offensive line just with at least an upgrade over Pat Offline because he was he was leaky last year. I think he allowed six or seven sacks last year. Guy just uh, – he just didn't get it at left guard. So I think you're going to have to bring in at least somebody uh, to give him some time uh, and then let him run loose if he, you know, if he so chooses. Um but uh, yeah, this just is kind of something we're gonna have to see with this NFL draft. I think it's gonna be a good draft. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of scared. I don't think the Vikings should trade up. I think they should, if they do trade up uh, for anything, it should be for corner because, in my opinion, like so many incredibly unlucky plays happened for the Vikings last year when opposing quarterbacks would throw it up. Like our corners just didn't have the ball skills to go locate it, go up in high point, go up and make a play on it. Like that was just the reason that they did make a lot of things happen. Um, yeah, you know, and. I think that kind of leads in perfectly to our next thing here in terms of, you know, what the Vikings do in the offseason, uh, free agency. Uh, free agency expectations. What, uh, as far as uh, for the Raiders, what do you think, uh, what, what are your expectations for the team this year in free agency? Well, I mean, I think I think he got franchise tagged. I'd have to kind of check it. But I know kind of something that I was maybe a little bit leaning towards is uh, the Raiders going after, like, A.J. Green from mm-hmm. the Bengals. I think he got franchise tagged by them, so I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't hurt my feelings for them to like try to bring in like another like you know well-known linebacker to help out in that department. It wouldn't hurt my feelings for them to go after you know another like <laughs> like it would not shock me if if Gruden tried to do something like bring Xavier Rhodes over from the Vikings. It just wouldn't shock me. It just wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me if he went for him or Trey Waynes. Or, it wouldn't shock me, but they need help with that defensive back area. They really need help with that linebacker area. Um, like I said, our, our defensive line is really, really young, you know, with Cleveland Farrell on one side and uh, Max Crosby on the other side. We'll have Arden Key, who is going to be a lot healthier. He'll be a part of that three-man rotation. Um, maybe if we can find a big defensive tackle that – you know, we really need, then uh, we can do that. But, I mean, I'm looking at the Raiders' offense this year. We're going to have a good line. We're going to have uh, uh, Darren Waller. We're going to have Hunter Renfro in the slot. And, you know, depending on what they do with uh, uh, Tyrell Williams, you know, he could be like, you know, right receiver number one, two, depending on what the draft is or what what, what goes on in free agency. Um, but, I mean, part of me was kind of being like, you know, if we had A.J. Green and then also drafted like a C.D. Lamb and then you have Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, mm-hmm. you, got, you got a fun offense. And then because you got to beat the Chiefs and you're going to have to outscore the Chiefs. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know if there's any defense in the NFL that can consistently stop the Chiefs from putting up. 28 plus every game yeah like it's yeah it's they're they're gonna be so nightmare to deal with for the next decade for me (laughs) yeah i know i mean it all stems from patrick Mahomes again who i think is the best quarterback in the nfl uh the running back situation because you kind of saw that uh i mean andy Reid was way more willing to run the football in the super bowl i mean it was the i mean williams uh sealed the game for him when they needed it the most a 30-yard touchdown run or whatever it was so i'm i'm I'm, it's gonna be scary to see a, a Chiefs teams that can run and throw the football, so uh, especially with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Do, uh, do you think? Do you think Damian Williams got snubbed of Super Bowl MVP? Do you think they should have? Do you think? Do you think? I think they gave it to Patrick Mahomes because he's more of an NFL uh, figure, and not because he deserved it. Because I, I true, 
fully believe Damian. And this is me being an Oklahoma fan, but Damian Williams deserved that over Patrick Mahomes. And I'll die, and I'll die on that hill. Okay, okay. I'll say this: Damian Williams balled when the Chiefs needed him to. Like, what do you have? A couple touchdowns, over 100 rushing yards. The man balled for the Chiefs when they needed him the most. But Patrick Mahomes came back when he was, you know, he was down, what was that, one or two scores or whatever. They needed to play from him. He hit Tyreek Hill on a 60-yard bomb. Now, could have let him a little bit more, maybe scored on it. Maybe. But give the guy a break. A third and 15 or whatever it was, you have to make a play, and the guy goes out and makes it. He hucks that thing, and Tyreek Hill is fast enough to go out there and get it. Right, Damian Williams, again, a couple of touchdowns, a couple hundred rush yards, sealed the Super Bowl for him. Amazing. Guy played his ball. Just played, uh, you know, lights out. Just played his balls off. I'll give him that. But Patrick Mahomes. Two interceptions. Yeah. But what did he do after that? What did he do after to lead the team to uh, get him a lead? Uh, and I mean, just in my opinion, I think that if, you know, if you put the ball in the hands of Damian Williams throughout the rest of the game and you don't have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, I don't, I'm, no offense, Damian Williams, who again, balled out. I don't think Damian Williams carries that team to the Super Bowl. I think it's because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes is so dominant uh, that Damian Williams was able to spring that 30-yard touchdown run and be able to uh, really seal the game because Andy Reid was able to run the football. He wanted to, he wanted to impose his will a little bit. Now, again, I'll say this for a third and final time. Damian Williams balled, okay? And I don't think there's any way that you can really look at it and argue with that because, again, a couple of touchdowns needed him the most made the play. But Patty Mahomes put him in the position. He went out and he won the football game. And at the end of the day, uh, the Chiefs – I was happy to see the Chiefs win. Like, I, I predicted it. Everybody thought I was crazy. Uh, but I don't think he got snubbed, no, because of the fact of how uh, Patty Mahomes came back. Like, I would bet you nine out of ten quarterbacks – you know, throwing two picks, uh, going into the fourth quarter down, what, 10 points or whatever it was, and then having to come back. Nine out of 10 NFL quarterbacks wouldn't have done that. Not Kirk Cousins. I don't know about Drew Brees. I don't know about Aaron Rodgers, especially with how the Packers were this year. And I don't know about uh, any other quarterback. Big Ben, no. But Patty Mahomes came back when they needed him the most, and he made the plays to bring him the, bring home in the game, as well, as well as Williams did. I'm not taking anything from Mr. Williams. He absolutely crushed it, too. But it was because of how Patty Mahomes regrouped and came back and won the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. I believe, I, I believe they got it right. Now, I could be on the, the minor majority on that, and that's okay. I don't mind standing on this hill. I'll, I'll be on this hill. But when it came down to it, he balled. That's all you need to do, uh, and what it counted most. Uh, okay, I'll let you. I'll give you a second here to uh, make your case for Mr. Williams. Please go ahead, by all means. Uh, I, I do. I, I would say that the most important play in that entire game was that third and 15, third and eighteen. I don't know what it was, but the when, he, okay. when he when he hit that, I, I like. You just. I don't know. I just thought to the 49ers, like, how can you allow that to happen? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And after he hit that, I think every single person that watched that game mm-hmm. knew Kansas City was going to win. Yeah. Like, you just have that aura. You have that feeling. You're just like, crap, the Chiefs are going to win. And I'm a Raiders fan. And yep. it's funny because, you know, I follow a bunch of radio, Raiders media, and I follow a bunch of their beat writers and all that. And the, the whole tough thing for Raiders fans were, do you cheer for another team from California? Mm-hmm. Or do you cheer for the Chiefs? And me from South Dakota, that was an easy decision. I don't like the Chiefs. I wanted the 49ers to win that game. <laughs> but I uh, I don't know. I just – Patrick Mahomes played his worst football for 50 minutes mm-hmm. and then played great for the last 10. And, you know, did he make some good throws? Yeah. But Tyreek Hill deserves just as much credit for me making that catch and the run after and doing all that. The brother, I mean, the brother was wide open. The brother was wide open. That, that because Tyreek Hill made a great route run. Okay. You got to give the man his credit. Everybody's everybody's deserved credit. Patrick Mahomes put a good ball on it. But like you said, mm-hmm. you might have put it a little bit better. Could have scored. Could have scored. Uh, Patrick Mahomes tried to – it was incredible watching Patrick Mahomes try to lose that game for 50 minutes. I could not believe how poorly Patrick Mahomes played. And personally, I loved it because I just am not a Patrick Mahomes fan. 
So it was also easy for me to choose Bill Belichick over Patrick Mahomes. I'm not. A, I don't know why. It's like I said. He played for Texas Tech. I like Oklahoma. He plays for the Chiefs. I'm a Raiders fan. I just don't. I just. He's a heck of an athlete. I hate that I have to go against him ever, ever, yeah. for the rest of my life, probably. But <laughs> and Damian Williams is an Oklahoma boy. It's like I said. I'm a little biased. Damian, Damian Williams was consistent that whole game. He made no errors whatsoever. And I think Damian Williams actually kept the Chiefs in the game offensively. And then, like you said, he had the ceiling touchdown to actually win the game, even though it wasn't really needed. But it was like, you know, dagger. It's I over. It's yeah. over. And yeah. I was, I was looking over. I was like, I think Damian Williams just won MVP. I'm like, I was, I went and looked at the stats again. I'm like, okay, Patrick Mahomes does have a passing touchdown and he does have a rushing touchdown, mm-hmm. but he has two interceptions and he played poorly for all but ten minutes of this game. Did he have some of the clutchest moments of the game? Yes, but Damian Williams consistently did a good job and didn't do anything wrong, and he had his two touchdowns as well, or maybe he had one touchdown. I don't know. He deserved it over him. I'll die on that hill. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, and we'll, and we'll leave it on uh, to finally go in and talk about Jameis Winston. If you give a screen pass to Damian Williams on third and 15, third and 18, whatever it was, does he make that play? I don't think he gets that first down. He gets a touchdown. You're right. No, like, no, he he gets maybe – I will give him some credit. He maybe gets close. I'll give him anywhere from 8 to 12 yards, but the brother does not get a first down because of the great play that you brought up by Tyreek Hill and because of the good throw. Not great. Great throw would have been for a touchdown by Patty Mahomes. I think it's because of those things that uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, when his team needed him the most, he made that play. As a franchise quarterback, when we talk about a franchise quarterback, a guy that goes out and wins Super Bowls, leads your team to Super Bowls, and makes those plays when you need them. And Patty Mahomes did that. Like, yes, I will give you that. Two interceptions. Ugh. Even I was, wow, this is the worst I've ever seen Patty Mahomes play. Go ahead. I want to ask you one more question. Okay, go ahead. If, if Damian Williams' name mm-hmm. was Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, or a top known-named running back, does Patrick Mahomes still win it? I go back to yes, and it's not because... Oh, get out of here with that. No, Colton, no. <laughs> no. Okay, just let me... Okay, let me explain. Now, again, I believe this brother deserves a lot of credit. and In fact, I believe he deserves the most credit for them winning the game, but I don't think... Uh, I don't think when it turns... Is that it, what an MVP is? Let me kind of rephrase that. Let me <laughs> yes. rephrase I, I think he deserves a lot of credit, but he doesn't deserve the most. I, I apologize. I misspoke. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Dude scored what? He, didn't he get a, touch, uh, a receiving touchdown as well? Uh, receiving touchdown or rushing? He, he balled out. He balled out. I gotta, he he balled out. Guy balled out. But when it was on the game, was on the line. Who did the Chiefs go to? They, they went Tyree to... Kill. They went to Teddy Mahomes' arm, who made... Who threw it to Tyreek Hill who made the play? Yes, we've covered this. He's made a great route. But how did the brother get there? Are you going to sit here and tell me that if you put David Carr in or whoever it was their second-round quarterback was, do you think he makes that throw? I don't think so. I think he overshoots him, maybe goes undercut a little bit. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes made a good, again, not great throw to be able to make them win that Super Bowl. Uh, but, okay, put them in a better position too. But then Damian Williams did his thing and balled out. Now I want to say another thing about Damian Williams, and then we'll put a cap in this for now. I do think that Damian Williams deserves a little bit of a contract extension or maybe gets deserves a little I bit. Am. Yes, he does. He does deserve that because not only because of the Super Bowl, but because of the AFC Championship game when Andy Reid wanted to run the football, the brother balled out when he got his chance. Mr. Williams, uh, who again, like you said, might might not be more of a well-mourned running back. I believe that when it came down to it, uh, he made the team, uh, he made the plays that he needed for it and his team uh, needed him to. He made those plays. He deserves a raise. Because uh, he got he got into read his first Super Bowl, or helped anyways. But Patty Mahomes, when it came down to it, he was the guy that made that, that what, 40, 50-yard bomb, whatever it was. He was the guy that, in crunch time, made it happen. So I'm sorry, but that's the way I feel. Um, oh, you're good. You're good. I, I just love it. I know, I know. And, and, and I think we got to, you know, put a cap in this. But uh, the first thing, actually, the last thing we got to talk about is Jameis Winston. Um, there's a lot of, like, a lot of things. I know you <laughs> you literally just poured on the guy for, like, a little bit. Which is fine. I understand <laughs> Dude deserves, everybody's saying it, I'll say it too. Dude deserves the defensive player of the year. 30 interceptions, six of which went for pick sixes. Absolutely deserves to be the defensive player of the year. 
But, uh, and I'm not saying this LASIK thing has any validity or any uh, really way of looking at it. Um, I, I, I do think that looking at this, though, if we're going to be serious about Jameis Winston, we need to remember the guy that won a national title at Florida State, my dude. Like, the dude came out involved. And I think that he's in, he was in a little bit of a rough situation. Like, uh, they, they passed the ball a lot more. Uh, their defense was a little suspect. And if you try to put that pressure on a guy like Jameis Winston, I don't think he's he's the, I just don't think he's there yet in terms of having to answer. So the question is, is you know, if, Pat, if Jameis Winston went to the Patriots, uh, would he be able to make the Patriots effective? Uh, what, what's your take on that? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if you go and look at the, the Buccaneers wide receiving core, they have like one of the best wide receiving core. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots offense with Bill Belichick, you know, it's like do your 10-yard slant, do your five-yard out. It's not that big explosive play type offense that the Buccaneers have. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see Jameis Winston being that type of quarterback there. Granted, mm-hmm. could be completely wrong about this. Yep. And I, like I said, I have no idea how much – I know it's talked about, like, how much does this, this LASIK eye surgery have? How much is it actually going to affect him? Is he going to have, like, four more touchdowns and three less picks? I don't know. Is it going to be ten less interceptions? I don't know. I would love to know what the Vegas odds are on Jameis Winston interceptions this upcoming year. I truly want to know. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm not going to bet on it or anything like that. But I'm truly – it's something that I'm going to watch. I really want to know. It's incredible. 30 interceptions. 30. Yeah. I really throw the ball a lot. Dude, some of his interceptions are are just <laughs> laughable bad. It is not an NFL Sunday until Jameis Winston throws an interception. <laughs> okay, I have to agree with that. I do, kind of looking at this, I do that. Uh, listen, the guy absolutely did not uh, – didn't take care of what he needed to. Like, he didn't uh, – guy threw a lot of interceptions. Too many. Like, <laughs> You're too, bad. They're so and, bad. And I think <laughs> – I think the guy needs deserves a little bit of credit here because it's okay. If he didn't throw 33 touchdown passes to those 30 interceptions, I would say no. If he threw 20, I would say okay, yeah, the Bucks need to find themselves another quarterback. But because of the way he kind of buried it, like he's a one for one quarterback. Now that's, he threw a lot of picks, like that's that's easy to see. 30 interceptions, that's <laughs> that's the dude is so bad. <laughs> When you get done with this, when you get done with this episode, go watch like a highlight of all thirty interceptions. It is, it, it is. On most of them, it's like this could have been easily avoided, Jameis. Why? I know, but here's why. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and I want this to be um, kind of heard. Whether it's on the Buccaneers or on the Patriots, Jameis James Winston's gonna ball next year. Now, when I say ball. I don't mean he goes to win a playoff game necessarily. I don't mean he necessarily goes to win the Super Bowl. I'm saying Jameis Winston goes out um, not because of the LASIK surgery, but because of all the flack this guy's getting um, for what happened. Now, much deserved flack. Much deserved. You threw 30 picks, you're going to get flack. That's how it goes. But this brother's going to go out next year. He's going to make plays. He's going to throw dimes all year long. I'm predicting he throws 30, at least 35 touchdowns. And under 20 picks. That's my prediction. Because of the things that if he stays with the with the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Buccaneers, um, you know he just he kind of came out. He just needs to make better decisions. I think Bruce Arians is that guy that's going to come and make Jameis Winston take that next step uh, and make the Buccaneers think, okay, yeah, this is the guy. The Buccaneers need to um, give him a better defense so that he, they don't have to throw the football. You know. Uh, a lot in order to win those games. The defense needs to improve a little bit, but mark it down on your calendars right now, Mr. Gronland. Jameis Winston is going to throw for 35 touchdowns and under 20 picks next year. I'm calling it right now. I'm saying over 4,500 yards. Um, and I believe the Bucks find a way to sneak into the playoffs uh, just because of how well he plays next year. He resurges his career a little bit, puts all the doubters to shame because we got to remember what this brother did. He's a winner. Uh, I, I, do, I truly believe that Jameis Winston is a winner. Now, if he went to the Patriots, I do believe he could win a, a Super Bowl or two with Bill Belichick, and here is why. You get a guy that uh, comes in. I think he's a little bit more athletically gifted than Tom Brady. I think he's faster. I think he's got a better arm. Uh, Tom Brady's just one of the smartest football players, I think, in my opinion, to live. Like, I, I don't think anybody can debate that. But if you give, if you give Jameis some wide receivers, you give him some help – I think Jameis could win a Super Bowl with Bill Belichick because of how good that Belichick defense is. 
Uh, because the, for a while there, that defense was like one of the best in the NFL. And if you get Jameis Winston in there, uh, I think that if anybody's going to really honestly, if it's not Bruce Arians, if anybody is going to take care of the Jameis Winston interception problem, it's going to be Bill Belichick because he's a guy that no nonsense guy that tells you how it is. I think if anybody's going to do it, it is Bill Belichick. Um, and now I'm not saying again. I don't think uh, that with the 49ers the way they are, I think they take a step forward and maybe make the playoffs. Um, but I do think it comes down to um, them getting a little bit more of a run game, getting their defense a little bit kind of better up because a lot of those passing yards and a lot of how those went, I believe James Winston threw five picks in one game. That's a tough day for a quarterback. Uh, I think it was a lot of in garbage time, though. Like he just he had to come out and try to make a play. So take my words, James Winston will come out and 30, throw 35 t- teddies next year. Does that, does that change if he's on a different team? Does that number change if he's on a different team? <sighs> yes, because I'm, I'm pretty yeah. – I, okay, here's why, though. I'm predicting it's because he's on the Buccaneers. If he goes to the Patriots and the Patriots, Tom Brady leaves, I say that he throws – I'll say he throws 25 teddies, and uh, I, I still think he throws – I'd say he throws almost under 10 interceptions. I know. Well, I know. Do the do the Patriots win the AFC East, East, AFC East over the Bills? Over the Bills with Jameis Winston if the New England Patriots have Jameis. I know there's a lot of things that can happen in free agency and with the draft, but I firmly believe the Bills are set to finally dethrone the Patriots. Yes. Here's why. Let me let me, let me me just say this. It's not because of Jameis Winston. It's not because of the uh, – I, I need to kind of rewind here. The, the Patriots need to do a lot. Like, they need, like, Tom Brady was struggling last year, and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, six Super Bowl rings. If you are going to give yourself a shot, you, if you're the Patriots, you need to bring in better wide receivers. Um, your defense is pretty good, uh, but you need to bring in some weapons. I mean, you need to bring in some guys that can run, that can catch, that can do their things. You need to bring in a better tight end. But after Gronk left, eh, I don't even know who the starting tight end is for the Patriots, okay? I literally, I think that if you bring in a better tight end, if you bring in a better couple of wide receivers, I think if it's if it's Tom Brady or James Winston, I do think that the Patriots are still a little bit better because, especially because of Bill Belichick now, because the Bills. Don't get me wrong, I have loved Josh Allen. I have raved about this guy. I truly believe, and they've got a good defense too. You know, solid defense, good, a good solid defense. And Josh Allen, who I think is going to also take a step forward this year. I think he's tired of dealing with these, these Patriots, but I don't think it's quite enough this year because I think Bill Belichick, he's just the GOAT. Until further notice, when the man uh, has a losing season, I think it's been, what, forever since the guy's had a losing season? Like, seriously. Like, he's just the GOATest coach of all time. He's just the greatest coach of all time. That's uh, why I'm starting my franchise with him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, at the end of the day, I do think a lot you, – you're right, though. Like, a lot can happen yeah, in free yeah. agency. There's going to be a lot that happens, but – um, we're gonna kind of, uh, you know, put a wrap on this, man. I gotta, uh, I gotta say thank you, man. It was absolutely fun, even though the Damian Williams debate we got heated a little it's bit. Awesome, I, I love it. I do, I do too. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, make sure uh, you give uh, Mr. Grunland a follow on Twitter. Also, make sure you guys follow D1 Des Moines for Mr. Carter Schultz. Give him a follow too on on all two, uh, social media platforms. Uh, the guys coming out of the NFL doing a lot of great things. Uh, you know, he's training people, doing what he loves. So, gotta give you a shout out to him. Uh, and just make sure you guys give everybody uh, the Sports Brief Podcast to follow as well as check out the website at www.sportsbriefpodcast.com. And as always, just have a great night and make sure you guys take it easy.